Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us for a conversation is Bob Moriarty, the founder of 321Gold and 321Energy.com, and the author of two of my personal favorite books, The Art of Peace and Nobody Knows Anything. Mr. Moriarty, welcome to the show, sir. Maurice. <laughs> Always a pleasure, sir. Bob, I recall when President Trump took office, you shared he will either be the best president or the worst president we've ever had. Now, I don't know where he fits into that narrative for you so far, but I have to say that President Trump is not afraid of breaking paradigms. You know, we have a lot of geopolitical events uh, occurring right now, and I'd like to get your thoughts on those, beginning with the G7 summit, which just concluded and it got a little testy, if you will, between the U.S. and the other members, in particular Canada. Give us your thoughts on why these events unfolded and what do you see being the likely outcome? Well, uh, the interesting thing, Maurice, is if you remember back, I said that he would either be the best president or the worst president in U.S. history. And it really appears to me that he's trying to do both of them at the same time. Now, to the extent that uh, some of the complaints are absolutely legitimate. Canada has duty on dairy products varying between 270 and 298 percent. Trump is absolutely correct to say that's wrong and you should change it. Uh, to the extent that it's absolutely true the United States has given its manufacturing away over the last 20 years. Clinton did it, Bush did it, uh, Obama did it, and uh, Donald Trump saying no more. But at the same time, when you sit down at the negotiating table and when you pull a pin up a hand grenade, uh, that's not a real effective way of negotiation. So, so he's correct to say that Canada uh, needs to change their tariffs especially on dairy, but his name-calling, the whole Twitter thing, I mean, somebody needs to bust the guy's Twitter thumbs. It's embarrassing to have someone who believes you conduct business of any kind on, on a uh, iPhone. I, I personally feel the same way. I think it's very unprofessional and it lacks class. I, I'm certainly in the camp with that. On uh, Fitting into this narrative as well, though, are we officially in a trade war? And if yes, is this just the beginning? And how's it all going to play out? Uh, well, uh, here's what's interesting. I think that in every economics course that I've ever heard of and I've ever taken, everyone agrees trade wars are always negative. We absolutely are in a trade war. And that's going to turn around and bite us on the ass. The world's financial system is much too unstable for anybody to go in and yank the rug right out from underneath it. And, and Trump varies from one extreme to the other and trying to figure out not how to negotiate, but how to deal with them. It's, it's just especially difficult. Now, the one thing that people need to realize is that the EU overall, the G6, is actually a bigger economy than the U.S. economy. So pretending that the U.S. could do anything it wants to because it's the world's biggest economy is fiction. 
And this whole thing with Iran is quite interesting because if Germany and France and England had any sense, uh, they would go to Iran and say, look, you made an agreement, you stuck to the agreement, and we're going to trade with you. It is astonishing to me that a country as big as France uh, is going to let billions of dollars in orders for the Airbus uh, walk away because they're obeying their master in Washington. And, and that's nuts. Uh, I expect countries, individuals, to operate in their own self-interest. It's very easy to deal with people when you know that they're dealing in their own self-interest and the interests of France and the interests of Germany and the interests of Italy and the interests of England are different than the interests of the United States. Uh, these countries should go to the United States and say, take a hike. You made an agreement. You broke the agreement. They stuck to the agreement. We're going to trade with them. Uh, it's end of empire for the United States. And the rest of the world really understands it, even if they don't speak it. The United States, of course, is totally clueless. Yeah, the question is, is will these allies of the United States have the resolve and fortitude to actually take that step and say, enough? Well, uh, the interesting thing is Trump is doing exactly what you would do if you wanted to force people into action. I mean, if he insults them long enough and hard enough and and he he breaks enough agreements with them, they're going to say, hey, we have to operate in our own self-interest. They should do it because it makes sense. But they've been used to operating under the United States nuclear umbrella for so long that they've forgotten that they're sovereign countries of their own. Slightly, and I mean slightly, shifting gears here, what are your thoughts on this week's historic meeting between the U.S. and North Korea? I'm glad that they had the meeting, but to, to the degree that we know mainstream media lies about everything, I think that it will be weeks or months before we really understand the ramifications of it. Uh, I absolutely would like to see nuclear, uh, the nuclear weapons in North Korea uh, disposed of. Uh, I'd actually like to see North Korea and South Korea uh, reunite. There's no reason for them to be separate countries. But that's up to North Korea and South Korea. I will say it certainly appears that North Korea has gotten the best side of the bargain so far. And one of the things that I'll remind you, under the Clinton administration, uh, the United States made an agreement with North Korea in which North Korea would stop work on nuclear weapons, and the United States would supply them with a nuclear power station and give them access to the world economy. And under the Bush administration, the United States actually violated that agreement. So I, I don't know. When you make an agreement with Donald Trump, I, I don't think it's very valid. It's valid until uh, he changes his mind. For those that are opposed to Donald Trump right now and see this as a bad move, what is the actual bad move? What is the narrative that they're trying to get out? Oh, I hate Trump. But that's the deep state. It wants a state of perpetual war <clears throat> and wants to dominate the rest of the world. And that's very dangerous. 
Switching gears, before we close here, do you have time to discuss Novo Resources and Bitcoin with us? Yes, indeed. Like uh, Novo Resources came out with two more assays a few weeks ago. Uh, the reaction to it's negative, again, because people don't really understand it. But uh, the problem with Novo is that they're fighting on so many fronts it's very difficult kind of goal to measure. Uh, when you have very negative gold, you, you can't measure it except by mining. And uh, they've had five assays in a year, and you know, investors are naturally bored silly. They don't know what's going on. And it, it would be wonderful if there was some way to speed it up. They announced those assays and then turned around and said it would be another month before there would be any more assays. And the assays they announced were assays that were due to be announced back in December. So it, it would be wonderful if there was some way to speed it up. But there's a lot of issues over there. There's the technical issues of trying to measure the gold. There's the legal issue of trying to comply with JORC and with 43101. There's a legal issue of coming up with agreements with the natives. So it's not easy. Uh, one of the things that I wish is that we could go back 50 or 100 years. If we went back 100 years, uh, Novo would have been in production 18 months ago. The deposit over there is not difficult. They've got a real good idea of where the gold is. They know how to extract it. And that's exactly what they should be doing. You know, you hit the nail right on the head when you wrote your piece here this week entitled The 43101 is a noose around Novo's neck. Just for our listeners, just to clarify, what is it really about that 43101 that's stopping, or I should say preventing, Novo from moving forward here? Well, you got to go back and you look at 43101. When they had all the fraud back in 1996, Canadian government came out and said, okay, here's a very strict set of rules as to how you report uh, resources and what you could say in press releases, what you can and can't do. And what everybody's forgotten is that doesn't actually create any more gold or silver or zinc or platinum or diamonds. Uh, that's just a bunch of uh, bureaucratic reporting requirements. And in some cases, it not only doesn't help, it actually hurts. Now, what's happened is the banks and everybody else said, okay, well, we're going to strictly apply 43101, and you've got to have a reserve before we'll consider loaning money to you. And the strange thing is Novo has wildly economic gold at surface. Uh, Keith Barron, who absolutely agrees with me, on treating this like it's a placer deposit instead of a hard rock deposit, says that there's a good chance that the actual production cost per ounce would be under $100. And between you and me, Keith and I talked uh, offline. I mean, nobody knows about this. Keith and I spent a lot of time talking about it. And I said, Keith, you're full of crap. It's not going to cost 100 bucks an ounce. It's going to cost 50 bucks an ounce. This will be the cheapest gold in the world. Now, that doesn't mean to say the whole 10,000 square kilometers is going to be cheap gold, 
But the Novo has a lot of gold at surface they could mine that would be wildly profitable. Now, rather than go out and find a resource of 20 million ounces, I would rather have them go out and be producing two or 300,000 ounces a year. And if you're worried about how many ounces they've got, uh, talk to the bookkeeper. <laughs> Very well said. So short answer here, we actually have all the answers we really need for Novo. I'm not sure that we have all of them. The problem of the way that they're doing the measuring, uh, we've got a good idea of what the uh, horizontal extent is. We, because we know that there's identical gold 135 kilometers apart and could conceivably there be gold in that entire 135 kilometers. Yes, conceivably that's absolutely true. But how thick, what's the vertical dimension? Okay, are we talking about one meter pay? Or are we talking two, three? And these are answers that, that certainly are not been reported yet all right bob before we close here i have to ask you about bitcoin as most people know it as bitcoin had some interesting developments this week give us your thoughts uh the interesting thing is that that bitcoin is one of those things like stocks and bonds and mainstream media ignore everything you're told okay back in december we had what was probably the most clear-cut top in, in a fraud-written uh, investment that I've ever seen. And I went out and made multiple interviews and said, this is a top, this is going to crash, and it's gonna go down at least 90%. There are two aspects people believe. One is that it's rare. And as of today, there's 1,902 variations of cryptocurrencies. Now, if you've got 1,902 variations, I don't give a damn how good any one of them is. Uh, that simply isn't going to work. You couldn't have 1,902 kinds of food stores. You couldn't have 1,902 kinds of theaters. You couldn't have 1,902 kind of pet stores. There's a limit to competition. And of course, the other theory is that, well, if you wanna buy dope or if you wanna hide money from the government, here's a great way to do it. And every phone call, every, every email, the government monitors everything we do. If anybody thinks they're gonna get away with that, it, it isn't gonna happen. So the only two reasons for owning it are total nonsense. And when you look at it and say, well, if those are nonsense, why is it going up? The answer is FOMO, fear of missing out. But we had a top in January. It'll take two or three years for it to hit bottom. Most people are going to be talking all the way down, saying it's going to turn around, it's going to turn around, going to turn around. As of today, it is down 68%. It has crashed. And I get a real big kick because I go out and chat board sometimes to see what people are talking about. And everybody agrees Moriarty is an old fart who doesn't understand cryptocurrencies. And the really funny thing is I'm one of three guys in the world who actually called the top. I'd say I understand it very well. <laughs> I would agree with you. You certainly have made the calls. Uh, 
So if Bitcoin isn't an alternative for you in your portfolio, what is? Um, safety. I think that trying to invest today with traditional investing Methodists is simply not going to work. The, the very best that you can do is to speculate. So what you have to do is say, what can I invest in that's safe? And I believe that when the banks crash, and it's when the banks crash, not if the banks crash, when the banks crash, you're going to want to have something that has real value and historic value that you can hold in your hands. Everybody's going to get hurt. And the only question is how much you get hurt. But I think that if you're sitting on gold or silver or platinum or rhodium, um, you'll be doing okay. Now, to give you an idea, rhodium has triples in the last year. Okay? If gold triples or silver triples or platinum triples, everybody would be talking about it. But right underneath the radar, rhodium's triples. And that will give you an idea of the potential. When it turns, and it will turn, um, it's going to be some exciting times. The, the resource shares are not as cheap as I've ever seen them. I've seen them cheaper in 2009 and 2001, but uh, they're pretty darn cheap. And I think from a relative point of view, the gold shares are going to go up a lot more than the gold does. Bob, thank you for your insights here. Last question for you. What did I forget to ask? I, I think that's it. I think it's pretty good. All right. For our listeners, I referenced Bob Moriarty's two books, The Art of Peace and Nobody Knows Anything. You can order your copy under our education tab. Proven Improbable does not receive any financial consideration for selling or advertising, but we see these as must-have books for your library. We have benefited financially from applying the axioms in the books. Bob, for someone listening who wants to get more information on your work, please share the websites. Uh, 321gold.com and 321energy.com. And the books can be bought uh, literally at any bookstore or through amazon.com. And last but not least, please visit our website, www.provenandprobable.com, where we interview the most respected names in the natural resource space. You may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com. Bob Moriarty of 321gold and 321energy.com. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.